0: Watching the Quiet Place too. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cinematic Botastic.
1: Welcome back to Cinematic Botastic. I'm Andrew, and I'm Philip, and we are back. We've been uh, gone for a while. It's been. Uh, been a bit too long i think but i feel like that's the intro to all of our podcasts (laughs) we're back (coughs) well you know that is the life of a part-time
0: podcaster yes so So, but like you said we are back and uh as as you can tell from our fun intro this episode will be about a quiet place too so yeah we We've had a chance to, you
1: know, the pandemic slowed down a little bit over the summer, but bef- you know, before the Delta variant kind of brought things back. But, you know, we, we did get a chance to see A Quiet Place Part 2, Fast 9, Black Widow, The Suicide Squad, and Candyman. Can you think of anything else? Uh, not that not that I've seen in theaters.
0: I've seen a couple other movies,
1: just yeah. But those are the the blockbusters, the return of the blockbuster. And so we hope to have episodes on those movies here pretty soon. But uh, we're going to start with a quiet place, part two. It's uh, directed by John Krasinski. It stars him as well briefly, but mostly stars uh, Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, as we found out, and Millicent Simmons. I hope I'm saying her name. We didn't look her name up. (laughs) Yeah, we we looked up Killian Murphy's name, but we didn't look up (laughs) Millicent Simmons.
0: So maybe we should look that up now.
1: Millicent Simmons.
0: Okay, so... I'd say you're correct, sir. $100. You have the board. Thank you. A Quiet Place 2 was originally set to come out before the initial COVID pandemic delayed a lot of movies. It actually did have a premiere uh, back in uh, March of 2020. But then before it was able to be released theatrically, it got postponed, I believe, more than once. And then... Finally released in theaters uh, in May, tw- May twenty eighth of this year, and that's when we had an opportunity to see it. I don't know, did we see it opening weekend? I don't know if we did or not. It but was close to it though, pretty close. And
1: it, it, it was kind of interesting because Emily Blunt and John Krasinski had to do press for the movie twice because they were doing the press and all the talk shows and stuff before the shutdown. And then the shutdown happened. And then, of course, they're trying to get the movie back out there. So they had to just do it again. And uh, Emily Blunt was on James Corden. And they mentioned and talked about how she was coming on his show to promote it the first time. And before the show came on, before the show started, he came to her dressing room and was like, hey, is this movie coming out? And she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> and so she went out saying that oh yeah the movie's coming out and just acting all fine and normal but you know behind the curtain it was not that way so it's just kind of <laughs> interesting and you know if you have time to go back and and watch it it's on youtube and so it's it's just interesting to watch knowing that that exchange happened before before that, before that. basically they're like i'm going to promote a movie that's not going to come out and they you know act like it's all
0: perfectly normal Well, I thought that was weird. And this movie went the route of releasing just in theaters. Unlike we're having some movies that are releasing in theaters and on demand at the same time. I don't believe this one was an on demand option. Not that I'm aware of. I think it was just a theatrical release. Uh, And then you have some films that are, depending on the studio, are releasing in theaters and then available to stream via a streaming service sometimes you pay for it sometimes it's included with the streaming service but this one did show up i want to say pretty quickly it streams on paramount plus yeah and it's currently streaming on paramount plus but i'm pretty sure it showed up there probably like 45 days or so after the theatrical release yeah a lot of movies are starting to release a lot
1: earlier i know there was that huge universal deal with like amc or cinemark or something where they would show it and then like like two months after. Yeah.
0: It's so on, it, it's, on, it's on, on demand or something. It's one of those things where it, uh, it, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Does that continue after we're, f- after the tr- pandemic is behind us? Do we go back to a longer time period before they're available to stream or available for video on demand? Or is that going to become the norm for movies that are released in theaters?
1: I, I think that's going to become the norm unfortunately and uh, but we yeah we can talk about that uh That's in more detail for another, another podcast day. so this film is a continuation of the first one uh, with a few hints a few more hints at more of the overall backstory and you know, about what led up to the post-apocalyptic world that takes place in a in a quiet place i thought it was a pretty worthwhile sequel and i think you did
0: too yeah a lot of times the stereotype or the stigma about a sequel is it's not going to be as good as the original yeah. Uh, or, you know, there's usually a big slump of, of quality. And I feel this one kind of bucks that trend. And I'm not saying it's without its faults and we'll get into that a little bit later, but I feel this one was a very good sequel stands on its own. I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as say it's better than the, the original, but I think it, Does a good job of just it continues the story doesn't really retread uh, what happened or or came before and really just does expand and opens up the world of the quiet place universe, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So before we get to the main story in this movie we start off with John Krasinski's character who died in the first movie and so we obviously Spoiler know this alert. takes place uh, we obviously know this takes place before the uh, invasion there's an eerie feeling because you know the audience knows what's about to happen but you just don't know when you you know the invasion's going to happen you just don't know when and then, you know, we're introduced to some new characters at a Little League baseball game that's interrupted by a fireball hurtling through the sky. And without skipping a beat, people stop playing the game and head home. And that's when all the chaos ensues. That's when, you know, it. it then it jumps to present time from the timeline of the first movie where the first movie left off with uh, Emily Blunt's character leading the Abbott family uh, out of their safety of their home and, uh, out to the world. And in this time they're carrying a baby in a soundproof case, sort of with the <laughs> oxygen tank to make sure it gets plenty of air. And on their journey, they come across others who may or may not be looking out for their best interests. They also grapple with one of their neighbors and trying to figure out why they didn't come to help in the first movie. And so that's kind of an interesting dynamic, and then a few of the characters find a rogue radio station or a rogue radio signal that has a song playing that kind of implies possibly that there's, you know, the signal itself is is kind of miraculous because all the radio stations are down. and uh, But they think there might be a message in the song of some kind
0: of hope or safety off in the distance. It's like if it's broadcasting and it's still broadcasting there's got to be hope or there's got to be safety. Yeah. And of course there's
1: other people that think it's just because it's the same song over and over again. They think it's just, it's just a lost cause. The things that I liked about this movie and it looks like Philip and I both liked the way the film opened, but for two different reasons.
0: And why don't you go ahead and tell what, what yours was. So the original movie opens the exact same way as the sequel. They open up on a shot of the, the town that they're in. And it's just like a small town street, main street, uh, downtown where you've got shops on the sides and whatnot. But they open up and I, I haven't necessarily done a side by side comparison, but they're pretty much the same shot. And then it cuts to a traffic light. And then the next shot after the traffic light and the, the street goes into a store. The differences are in the first one you're coming into the world after it's been taken over and so the street is in has been demolished there's crashed cars there's trash everywhere it just looks completely in ruins the traffic lights not working when they go into the store it's you know the shelves are pretty bare the storefront windows are broken and and things like that but then when you watch the second movie the setting is during the flashback so you're you're set now before the invasion and everything's clean everything looks like it should it looks normal and again it goes into the store and the john krasinski's character goes in to do some shopping and it's just a cool i don't know if juxtaposition is the right term but it's just a a a neat difference in here's where the first one started And then then the sequel says, let's kind of show you what it looked like before using the same exact approach to the first few scenes. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to watch the first movie, like to rewatch
1: it before seeing this one. So I I was unaware of that. The effort that was put in to make it seem similar to the the first movie. The thing that I liked was, and and maybe it's just because I'm a fan of like, that, that moment before chaos happens, <laughs> you know, I I liken it to, you know, I mean, th- it's the whole movie of signs from M. Night Shyamalan, but, you know, the War of the Worlds, bo- both the original and the remake, There's there's that moment, you know, everything's fine, something happens and it's weird, you don't know what it is, and then, of course, you know, the poop hits the fan, so to speak, <laughs> but... It's it's the notion that you, obviously you go to the movie you know one it's a sequel so you know what happened. you know what happened and <laughs> there's no hiding it. there's no hiding it so so you know that that's going to happen and so you're watching this and and it's like you know it's almost like a slower version of the ticking bomb on on the bus and speed you know you know something's going to happen you just don't know when. And so that's what's creepy and eerie about it. And so, you know, like I said, it's, a, it's an opening shot in a small town. Nothing too exciting about that. But you're like, okay, when is it going to happen? And then he goes into the store and then they go to a baseball game and you're like, okay, when is it going to happen? And then even when the fireball comes out of the sky, you're like, okay, and now it's about to happen And then it doesn't happen, (laughs) you know? So you're like, when is it going to happen? And so like, that's when, so when it finally does, it's like, oh crap. And it's, you know, that you, you finally get the, the relief of,
0: of, of getting to that point, but you're tense in a good way leading up to it. It, it, I I would, I'm, I would wonder if there was any intention to, I, I don't know if there's a, if there's a term for the type of. Of approach, but I think it was made famous by Hitchcock, where there's a movie, and I forgive me, I can't think of the name of it, where there's people in a car or something, I believe. Yeah. And he shows the audience that the car has a bomb mm-hmm. attached to it, but you don't see the time or you don't know how long they have. You just know there's a bomb and it's counting down. And so the whole time that movie is introducing the characters in the car, you as the audience know. Oh my gosh! When is this bomb going? So it's, it seems like it's kind of that same approach.
1: Yeah, I, I can't think of the mo- name of the movie off the top of my head, but yeah, the it, it's like the opening scene, and yeah, the first thing is you see you see a close up of a hand putting a bomb in a trunk and, and running off, and then the people get in the car and they stop by children, they stop by a market, and you know this is like the you know f- you know the fifties, so it's obviously a different time. They drive slower. They talk to people while they're driving. Yeah. The you know police officer comes over and chats with them, and but and and this, yeah, this whole time you're like you know there's a bomb there, and you don't know when it's going to off. But he keeps putting horrible things in the way, and and yeah, b- builds up the tension. Of course, speed is a high octane version of that, <laughs> right? Uh, so it's it's the same thing. And there, of course, in cinema, there's a term. For everything, for everything But I don't know You know the Probably the closest thing Is you can say It was Hitchcockian But <laughs> You know I, I'm sure there's Nine different terms That film geeks out there Are probably like
0: You don't know what it is How dare you You call yourself Cinematic protastic
1: <laughs> More like Cinematic pooptastic <laughs> amateur amateurastics. Yes, exactly. So, I, like you said earlier, you know, I also agreed that I, I felt that this did a good job of, like, world building. You know, filling in some of the gaps from the first film. And then also, you know, expanding on the stuff we knew. Because, like, I don't feel like the aliens or whatever the creatures are. I don't know if they even ever called them anything like you know there's xenomorphs from alien you know but (laughs) whatever whatever the creatures are called and you know obviously they they were evil and killed people and stuff like that but you mostly it was just you saw a a blur because they went by the screen so fast and the person wasn't there anymore Mm -hmm. but this one (laughs) they're smacking people left and right and like I watched the opening sequence. It's on YouTube. You can watch the whole opening sequence. And, you know, <laughs> there's a scene where people are just running down the street, freaked out. And this woman's running and a, the thing jumps on a car next to her and just whoosh, <laughs> right there and hits her at like, you know, 40 miles an hour. And and so it's just they were mean and visceral and just... <clears throat> Rough, And so
0: it it expanded on it, made them more scary. Yeah. I mean, the, in the first one, you don't really get to see or understand the creatures till really at the end when they're invading the, their house and their land, this one, obviously they spend more time and you, you see the creatures more and, and yeah, they, they, they show a bit more of what they can do and how, scary they really are
1: you know it's just now occurring to me that you know probably the thing that made him really scary in the first film was that you don't see him you know that's kind of what makes creatures scary in movies a lot of times because you don't see him and so you you make the fear in your own mind and that's why usually you know the jaws reveal is like oh really you know like it's a mechanical shark <laughs> and but but you know when you just see the fin it's it's a little bit scarier and so this might be a way that i don't know if they did it on purpose or whatnot but it, it might be a way that now you're seeing the creatures that to make them more scary they have to be
0: doing stuff that's like worse than the first one yeah so maybe maybe that's it well yeah it's like after they reveal them they're like okay well we don't need to hide them anymore so what do they actually do let's let's show them what what they can do how dangerous they can be
1: and and you know they in this one they also you know you see more uh more people because the first one i I don't think they i I don't remember seeing many other people i mean do they have flashback scenes in the first one at all i don't think so yeah i think the first one really just just
0: the family focuses on the family okay
1: and so, and I mean, I, I guess they they, they do have the sequence where like they're lighting a fire or something as a on top of the you know, corn. Oh yeah, mill or oh, something. yeah, and
0: that that was the, how they kind of communicated with yeah. The so, neighbors. so there
1: was imp- implying other people, but you don't really see any. So this one you do, and you see kind of what you expect. People are not very trustworthy. They stick to their themselves. And Killian Murphy, you don't know if he's going to be good or bad, but you know. And then of course it comes, I, I, I was having trouble finding how to, how to describe the group of people that were on the docks. Like, I don't know if they're like
0: ravagers or, you Th- know, those were just, I mean, people that were the lowest of the low. Yeah. That, or like pirates. They were, or that, something.
1: Yeah. Was, they were just
0: a group of marauders and just, they didn't care yeah. who or what you were. They wanted what you had and they were going to get it by any means necessary. And so Kill, Kelly know, Murphy's you know, character, he kind of walked a line of, like you said, is he, is he a friend or is there something sinister that, that they're going to reveal?
1: Yeah. And it was also kind of, kind of made you wonder, you know, you don't know how much time has passed and well, I, mean, I guess you, you do know a little bit because their little kid is, is a certain age or something, but I don't know. But anyways, you, you're not quite sure exactly how much time has passed. And so you kind of get the feeling that maybe he doesn't remember them. And so there's also that, it, you know, you're wondering, is he going to remember who they are and or does he? And is he just playing dumb and, and stuff like that. But there was a, a nice moment that, you know, I did like there was a, you know, in the opening baseball scene, Killian Murphy is, is, Watching the same baseball game as as the you know John Krasinski and Emily Blunt's characters' children, and the their oldest daughter is is deaf, and so they're they're doing a lot of sign language. And Killian Murphy's character's son hits a ball and is running, but he doesn't slide to the base and and gets out. So he's and you know the whole time he's like dive, 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 and you know the kid doesn't hear anything, so he's kind of leaning towards the daughter saying, hey, what's what what's the sign for Dive? And she shows him. And, you know, it's kind of a cute moment and, and you don't think anything of it, but then it comes in later. And it was one of those things where like, a lot of, t- like movies do that all the time. They, you know, obviously if you want, something to have meaning in the end you have to do you know apply meaning to it in the beginning and so they do it all the time but sometimes they do it really obvious (laughs) and and it's not you know you you know it's going to play off later or whatever but I felt like this was a, a unique way to introduce that element without it being obvious and sticking out like a sore thumb and then when the moment kicked in later you're like oh yeah and so I thought that was a, a, a unique way of using that. Once again, there's a term for that, but I, I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> was there anything else you liked? The rest of it was terrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think it just, with, with both movies, it's called The Quiet Place, and there's not a whole lot of sound. And it's it's, you would think, oh, that's an easy movie to make. But I guarantee you it's probably harder to do the sound for this movie. Than it is for a regular movie. But I just. I, th- I think. And obviously having their daughter being deaf. Th- there's a scene in it. Where she goes onto like a train car. Mm-hmm. And she has her her hearing aid out. So she can't hear anything. And a creature. And they show it from. You know. They're, they're looking at her. And they, they show in the background. There's a creature coming on. And I, I think it's one of those where. You know. As the audience, you don't hear it either, but you can see it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just kind of a neat play on, you're know, like, I can see it. I can't hear it. And then you're like, well, she can't hear it. She has no idea it's behind her. And it kind of goes back to that. what we We're talking about before that kind of Hitchcockian play on, you're like, I see it coming. When is it going to get her? Yeah. So um, it, yeah, it definitely plays on the the fact that, you know, you're
1: experiencing what she's experiencing, mm-hmm. But they're pulling the curtain back a little bit so you can see more. Right. And and yeah, it, it definitely adds to the tension.
0: But it, and, but and but I, yeah. I feel that, th- that both movies do a very good job of making you feel tense in the scenes where the creatures are in the same room as a character and they're trying to be quiet. In the first one, when she's walking down the stairs and she steps on the nail mm-hmm. and you're just like yeah (laughs) and she's like biting her tongue and her hand and trying so hard not to scream at the same time while she's also giving birth to a child you know it's like how in the world do you stay quiet in that situation but then so yeah i think both movies do a fantastic job of making scenes really tense and relaying that to you as the as the uh, audience watching the movie
1: a big aspect of this movie obviously in the title says a quiet place 2 part 2 it deals with being quiet and moments of of soft sound and and or no sound but the one of the problems i had with this movie was kind of going back to the opening scene you know chaos is, is breaking out and as an audience you know that the creature reveals itself for the first time for for the mo- in the movie Attacking a police car, which had a really loud, you know, police blotter radio going off, and so it it just takes out the car, and then people start screaming and and you know other things that are making noise, and the things are attacking those those sources of sound, and so you know what's going on, but obviously the the characters don't. But I felt like John Krasinski's character was picking up on the fact that you don't want to make sound or you know trying to keep people quiet way too early and it was it wasn't just hey let's hide over here in the dark and be quiet so it doesn't come over here it was it was more than just be quiet so they don't come over here it almost felt like he was saying be quiet cuz they're attracted to noise
0: hmm. I don't know it, if I picked that up it, on that. it
1: felt like that to me cuz like, you know, all this stuff's going on and then people go into the store or the diner and, you know, this guy's like, <sighs> you know, breathing heavy and he puts his hand over his mouth and he's like shaking his head and putting his, you know, finger to his mouth. And yeah, like I said, it might be just, you know, be quiet so they don't come over here in general. But then there's a couple across on the other side of the room and they have like a cell phone and you know, he's like, don't do it, you know, don't do it or whatever, or something like that. And of course the phone goes off and the aliens comes in and, and attacks, but I don't know. There's just something about it. just felt like he knew that you they were attracted to noise. They were attracted to noise. Like it, there's something about the way that it, that it was portrayed that to me gave me that impression. So I was a little turned off by that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that at all.
0: Well then get out. <laughs> <laughs> Another great movie. <laughs> that is <laughs> That's true. So my thought as far as like, I, I feel the weakest part of this was they didn't, I feel they didn't know what to do with the son's character. And so they, you know, he, he gets injured early on and it almost seems like, okay, we're not sure what to do with him. So let's injure him so that he has to stay in one place and doesn't have to really go anywhere. And that way we don't have to make him do, you know, his story is kind of easy to do. Yeah. And then that decision or his storyline leads to another part that I still don't fully understand. You know, we, we, we talked about Killian Murphy's character when you are first introduced, reintroduced to him after the flashback, you don't know if he's good. You don't know if he's bad. He, he takes them in but initially says, You can't stay here. I don't care. You gotta leave. And you're like, who would be that way if if you were if you were friends previous to the invasion? Why would you kick these people out if if that's you know sending them to their death? So there was kind of an air of, is he good, is he bad? At uh, at a at a certain point in the movie, I think it finally comes across that he's he's a good character. Like deep down he's he's a good guy. Uh, just you know, the what's happening in that world has taken its toll on him. He's lost his wife, his kids, you know. And so, again, going back to the the son and his storyline, they 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 have him walk around the the I don't know compound. Yeah, he's 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 just exploring. He's exploring the place that Killian Murphy's character has made into his shelter, and. You know, and he's walking around, looking around at stuff, and he comes across and discovers Killian Murphy's wife's dead body, which has been kept up in a room in the compound. And of course, it freaks him out and he runs back. And uh, I think it might lead to him being found by an alien or something like that. But I still don't know if I fully understand the motivation for revealing that. Kelly Murphy's character had kept his wife's dead body.
1: To me, uh, you know, now that you're pointing it out, it kind of made me. F- I remember feeling, "Oh, did he kill his wife?" Mm-hmm. And so now he's gonna kill them. But obviously, that's not the <laughs> the way it went. But it, it is. It is an
0: odd. It's like, well, on one hand, I'm like, reveal. Are they trying to tell me that really Kelly Murphy is? Like, you know, who keeps their dead body, the, the the dead body of their wife? You know, is he demented? And, you know, I don't know. So I, I don't understand Hitchcock. I mean, you're talking about Psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dead mother keeps the dead mother. This whole movie is just a Hitchcock allegory, apparently. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I haven't watched the movie uh, a second time to To try to see if it makes any sense or if it reveals any more to what that meaning was, uh, but overall, I think that that was the the part that I thought was the weakest part of the story. And then, not that this could have been helped, so I mean, I can't fault them for for this one. But if you do watch these movies back to back, the the brother character he, he's half the height of the sister. Oh. And come the sequel, which when it gets going, it takes place directly following the previous film. The film was made, I don't know, two or three years (laughs) afterwards. And obviously the kids both went through growth spurts. It's harder to tell in the daughter, but if you watch the first movie and then watch the second one, the, it's very obvious that the son has has grown quite a bit <laughs> yeah. and he's not really the same age that he was in the first movie uh, but again you know they i applaud him for using the same actor you could have very well recast the role yeah uh, and they might have recast the youngest son for the flashback i don't know i'd have to research that but yeah that that was just kind of like a well you know I, unless you really want to pull like a Lord of the Rings type of special effect and make him look shorter. <laughs> there's not much you can do.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how, how we both keep picking parts of the movie that are our favorite and our least favorite. Cause they're the, they're the, they deal with roughly the same thing, but they're not quite the same thing. <laughs> so my biggest issue, I guess was mostly with the sun, but not so much with the, Well, it's not, not so much with the sun, but like, the Cillian Murphy so I'm, I'm gonna take that back. It has nothing to do with the Sun so never mind. <laughs> he just happens to be in the part so I'm gonna take retract that statement So the Cillian Murphy's character he has this compound I, I don't even know what it is like I don't know if it's some kind of like water treatment facility or it's some kind s- of industrial something but there's these m- chambers underground that are metal and thick and have these big metal doors that would keep anything out and to me it wasn't obvious that the metal doors close from the outside and lock and so if you lock it you're screwed and it wasn't immediately apparent that if you close it you run out of air oh okay and so like obviously it becomes apparent later on and it's like okay that's what's going on and you you go along for the ride and it wasn't that big of a deal but but the i felt like it could have done a better job making that obvious and you know it wasn't made clear the inherent danger of what was going on and and so that that so i was just like oh they've got a safe room <laughs> 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 and so it it was not com- explicitly clear because they show you at least the, the scene that shows that I would assume was showing you that you, the door is not supposed to lock. There was like a towel or cloth or blanket draped over it to prevent it from locking. But I saw a huge metal door that would have clang when it shut. And I thought the cloth was more a sound deterrent and so i had no idea why he was had a stop <laughs> stopwatch every time he went in there and i was like well, i don't know what's you know or you know i thought maybe oh every, that he figured out that after 10 minutes they leave or something i don't know it was like <laughs> so it was completely over my head and then of course you know later on when the kid locks himself in and then he's like you know pulling on the door can't get out and he's like <gasps> you know struggling to breathe like Okay. <laughs> so this is how it's, how it's going. So that was kind of like my biggest gripe was was that whole sequence was it wasn't made clear
0: for me. Gotcha. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if they necessarily make it clear, but I didn't, it didn't bother me. Cause I think, I think I agree that my first reaction to the towel was you put that there. So it doesn't make a loud noise. And I don't think they make it obvious that there's not a, like a, a turn knob or something on the inside of the door, Um but
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like Killian could have been like, "Hey, make sure you don't lock it."
0: You Everybody, know, just... take a deep breath when you get in. You know, <laughs> you know I, just just something, you know. Hold oh. on, pause the movie. Andrew Junger are you out there? <laughs> All right, this is what we're doing. We're t-
1: no. what, what, I, I can't think of the movie. There's a movie with oh gosh, the guy who played Two Face and Aaron Eckhart. Oh. <laughs> wrong 2 Face. right right character wrong movie uh, Aaron Eckhart's it's like I think it's it thinks thank you for smoking or thank you for not smoking whichever it's one of those two <laughs>
0: I've never seen it so hard uh,
1: but there's a, a scene where he's like talking to a movie executive and it's like we want to make a movie in space where everybody's smoking and they're like but isn't the whole ship like all oxygen? Wouldn't they blow it up? And like, yeah, we can just fix it with a line of dialogue. Thank goodness we have installed that smoking meter thing. It, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel
0: like I feel like they could have done something like that, just for me, only for me. Yeah. You know. So saying everybody pause the movie. There's an Andrew Jungler in the audience tonight. <laughs> so Andrew. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh,
1: you mentioned this after we saw the movie that I, I felt like the movie just kind of stopped and ended. And then you said that th- that was how the first one ended as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I guess if it's keeping in line with that, that's
0: fine. But, you know, you didn't of, like it. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they both. I mean, it's, it's not like it ends in the middle of like a you know, like they're, it's not like a cliffhanger or, or or is this person really going to die? Are they going to survive? It just, they, both movies end with a showdown between Millicent and an alien. And she's using her hearing aid in order to, I, I, I don't think either one, it's not the sole device that kills them, but it's what allows them to, you know, other people to shoot it with a gun or whatnot. It's it's definitely the the catalyst that allows them to kill the alien. And as soon as the creature's dead, it's almost like they just. It's not like a slow fade to black or a a you know a a, a crane shot where it f- you know goes away up high and it just boom black movie's over. I don't know. I I, I liked I, I like how they both end kind of with a quick like. All right. It's over. Cut to the black screen credits. Cut print. Cut whatever. print.
1: Get it out. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, like I so, I mean, it, obviously, if they did in the first
1: one, I, I guess my thing is like, I, I remember liking the first one, but I don't remember it ending so abruptly. So I feel like maybe the first one had a little bit of breathing room before, mm-hmm. you know, cut to the cut to the end.
0: But, you know, I say, I haven't seen it in a while, so I, I can't say for sure. I, I but. I, I'm I'm curious because the you know there, there's definitely no green light or anything that's been put in place for a third movie. There's obviously talks, and the second one did did well to warrant a third one if it if it ever gets to that point. But I'd be curious to see do they do they try to do the same thing with the opening and closing shots? Because now the thing you know I, I mentioned that the second one opens the same way. It didn't dawn on me that they both, I mean, it did at the time of the movie, but it, it didn't dawn on me that they both begin and end in the exact same fashion. Yeah. Maybe it'll start with them,
1: like, hammering and building a new town, but it's the same shot. Someone's, like, putting <laughs> in a they're light They're rebuilding
0: bulb. The, the street.
1: Yeah. They're putting in the light bulb in the, in the street light. <laughs> I'm like, there you go, Timmy. i like, <laughs> I don't know why it's all of a sudden 1920s. <laughs> Go
0: get Lassie for me, like, Timmy. Like
1: I'm literally imagining a guy like in overalls and one of those big, like, you know, five goes West hats. And <laughs> <laughs> on a wooden ladder on a dusty street, because it's dirt. And he's <laughs> like, gee willikers, Mr. Mr. Krasinski, I got it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this this podcast has devolved very quickly, <laughs> but but I think over <laughs> I think overall you know we both did enjoy the movie that we have the nitpicky parts, but it did add a lot. You know it, it you know, like you said it's a it's the sequel that holds up to the first one and does add some stuff to it, so it's not a just a complete copy. And gives you enough of what you wanted from the, like, you know, it gives you what you, what you liked from the first one, but gives you some more stuff to, to, to chew on. And obviously it it opens up for a, a part three, whether or not that happens, we don't know, but I would be intrigued and excited to see that if that were the case. Come on, QP3.
0: <laughs> You're already coming up with the uh, The shorthand Well I mean Fast Furious did it Might not I let other movies just shorten to a letter and a number <laughs> <laughs> When's the first movie gonna come out It's just uh. G <laughs> <laughs> Wilker, Mr. Kralinski
1: <laughs> But the the other thing is you know like 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 we said at the beginning we we've seen Fast and Furious nine or F nine. F nine F nine F nine sounds more like an insult like F nine dude. <laughs> or, you know, wait no F is for family. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of dreading if we do a podcast <laughs> for F9, because you, all your comments are just going to be family, <clears throat> family. Um, <laughs> I felt like this movie was a family
1: movie. <laughs> but, so, yeah, we, we've seen a few movies, and, uh, you know, was, uh, a little nod to our F9 uh, episode, I feel like overall my experience of seeing a film, I had more fun with... Fast and Furious 9 but like this one I went and saw it and like afterwards I kind of had this weird feeling like I felt like I should have enjoyed it more and I don't know if it was just the movie itself or if it was like kind of the anxiety of we hadn't seen a movie in forever (laughs) In, in theaters and like is it safe to go? <laughs> you know, so I don't know if if that was playing into it, and and this was unfortunately kind of like you know I've I don't know who said it before, but someone has once said you know, like the first pancake is always the burnt one. <laughs> and so I mean it's still a pancake, but it's but it's burnt because you 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 had to get the feel for the griddle. That sounds like a weird T-shirt or something. <laughs> Got to get a feel for the griddle. I'm going to excuse myself Because apparently I'm on something I don't know what's going on You're on family I'm on family But now back on topic I did want to say I give this movie two tickets Because I enjoyed seeing it And I would like to see it again Because like you said Those scenes you were talking about I'd like
0: to know if they make sense of your two tickets, is the first one burnt? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I burned it into the shape of an F. <coughs> <For> family.
0: <laughs> have we done a Fast and Furious podcast? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we have. We've had to have. We'll have to look through our, our archives. We,
1: we've definitely done the one for when Paul Walker... Oh, the f- okay. Yeah. I know we've definitely done that one. Um, what a nice way to bring down the, <laughs> the, the mood, Andrew. <laughs> I feel like people listening are probably thinking you're like drunk or something, but... He's drinking, drinking water, water and I'm
0: drinking <laughs> Pepsi. I would give this film... <laughs> I didn't even say anything funny and you're laughing. I was gonna
1: say you were drinking some kind of like Pepsi from another country, which is just beer. What? I was gonna imply that you were drinking like Italian Pepsi, which is alcoholic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to let you
1: say your are crap.
0: So we can get oh, him now what I say. What I'm saying is crap.
1: Pretty much. No, I I thought we were family (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop and let you talk talk.
0: I give this film two tickets as well I enjoyed seeing it I looked forward to seeing it in theaters and will definitely this is one that I will definitely see again like I said it's uh, streaming on I think Paramount Plus where you can stream it if you subscribe to that Service and I think it's, I think it's something. If you want, you can buy it now on, on home video. But it's it's definitely worth it. And and again, it's it bucks the trend of sequels not being as good as their original. It's it's up there with some of the best I think as far as sequels go. Now, will they have a a third film slump? Who knows. When I was
1: thinking of and writing down my thoughts on this movie today, I couldn't help but think of the similarities to Tremors. <laughs> and I was just like, this is a lot like Tremors. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, how Fast and Furious, no pun intended, because we keep refer- referencing that movie. The first I would one... I was like, that, that is, wasn't a pun. <laughs> yeah, it's not a pun, but like... Anyway... <laughs> How the first Fast and Furious is basically Point Break with cars. With cars, <laughs> yeah. felt like felt like this is Tremors without the comedy and without gravel. They're not
0: worms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and without Kevin Bacon.
0: How many degrees of Kevin Bacon can you get to uh, Quiet Place Two? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It let's not go, go there. <laughs>
1: yes, let's not go there. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and anchor.fm and let us know what you think of a quiet place part two do you want to see a a third one were you too scared of the not so loud movie let us know and until next time we'll see you at the movies and don't forget to check your
0: ticket stops